This is Osin Cocktail. Hi, I'm Kirby Plessis. I have 20 years experience in intelligence analysis and OSINT, and I'm the founder of Plessis.net. You can find me online on Twitter as Curbster. And I'm Cynthia Navarro, and I've been a private investigator since 1979 and went into using OSINT for my investigations in 1997. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Finnegan's Way. Hello, everyone. Welcome to OSINT Cocktail. And this is Cynthia Navarro, and we also have Kirby Pluses. And today our guest is Rachel Kornfeld, and she will be talking about some wonderful things, what she's been doing in her life. You know, Rachel, what we're going to do is let you do a self-introduction, and then we'll get started with questions and thoughts and continue on. Sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. To introduce myself a bit, I'm the Director of Services at Hetherington Group, an investigative intelligence and training company. Right now, as a director, I oversee all of our clients and our products, uh, making sure that I help them find the right solutions to the challenges that they're having uh, within their companies. And I do have a background as an analyst. I've been working with Cynthia Hetherington, founder of the company since 2016, where I worked a variety of different types of open source intelligence cases before now sitting in in this role. Oh, that's great. One of the things that you do is you do speak with a lot of clients that are coming in and looking for work and OSINT work investigations, there's, they can come together or they can actually be separate. And it's really up to you to make that decision, which is the best direction to go. So do you want to talk about that a little bit, just for folks out there that are wondering? Sure. Hetherington Group, while we have products, call them a background investigation, due diligence, online risk monitoring, and we give them names. Sometimes there is a, you know, in the box fit that someone might reach out for, but sometimes the solution involves many different product lines working all together. And there's not something that can just necessarily be fit into a check the box investigation. So uh, to give an example of that, uh, we might have someone that wants to look online for any threats that are facing any the executives or the company. So in order to do that, uh, we might set up uh, certain online monitoring queries uh, that might alert us to an issue. But then after we do that, we might want to pivot into an investigation to maybe identify who's behind the username that made that threat. And if we do identify them, then maybe we want to proceed with a background investigation on them to see if they have any criminal record or anything in their lives that might have been causing them to be unstable and, and make that threat. And then we might want to keep monitoring that particular individual afterwards. So that's just an example of kind of how we move through different product lines, but yet ultimately just figuring out a solution to the issue that's happening. And so there's also another aspect of what you handle is training and the training you guys have been doing for for many years. And I think with some folks, that's what you're really known for. So can you talk about how that has changed 
within the year since you since you started and we'll go back when you started I don't even know if you were born when Cynthia started so <laughs> let's go back and talk about that of how it's transitioning and what's going on within the OSINT world and the training and and what has changed that you feel is very important yeah absolutely so thanks for pointing out how Darren Tinker's been doing training for a very long time <laughs> Starts started with fundamentals, but now uh, we've really expanded our training over the years to do be anything from fundamentals to intermediate level to something more subject matter advanced or just talking straight tools and tech. We've ex expanded that out. The way that we do training has also adjusted over time. I think that it's not only in-person training while we are still coming out to organizations and teaching them, giving them that hands-on experience with practical exercises. Uh, there's definitely a virtual component that has been growing over time. I'm sure the pandemic had something to do with that. So we're taking a lot more training in a virtual setting now. And even moving it next year, uh, we'll be coming into a learning management system where people can actually go through an entire academy and take quizzes, exams, and receive a certification afterwards. So that's a, how Heathering Group's training has adjusted. But in general, I think in the training space, I've seen a lot more open source intelligence training coming out. And I think everyone has different approaches to it. Our, our clients have told us that they've enjoyed our training just because it addresses the basic search methodologies and fundamentals that I think are extremely important to grasp and master before you can move on to some of the more advanced trainings that are out there right now. Yeah, that definitely is something that's changed. And also, are you getting more law enforcement that are interested or military changes within how OSENT is perceived that originally they weren't looking at it? Yeah, absolutely. We have a mix of law enforcement, military, uh, private sector, uh, even nonprofit organizations uh, that are reaching out and uh, needing to incorporate open source intelligence uh, into their work. And as well as uh, transitioning law enforcement military professionals that are looking to eventually transition into the private sector, which has different laws, different you know can and cannot do's when it comes to open source intelligence. Sometimes people aren't even calling it OSINT yet. Their their groups you know can't can't do that because they might just choose to call it just online research or online investigations instead because it has built you know, there, there's some, I guess, policies that have been put in place that kind of are preventing some agencies from even implementing OSINT programs still right now. You were talking about people transitioning. And one of the things I, we hear a lot, and I know Cynthia hears it as well, is people always asking how you kind of get into this field. So before we talk about how others get into this field, I really want to know how you, Rachel, how did you get into this field? Like what's your background, college, education, et cetera? Sure. I, I actually, my educational background is political science. So uh, that was just uh, stemming out of interest. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to really do at the time. But I think my spark as an analyst came from my legal backgrounds. Uh, as a paralegal, I had my, my first taste looking up families, skip tracing, uh, pre preparing for litigation matters, uh, doing online research there. 
And then also working at the Regional Operations Intelligence Center uh, for its diffusion center for New Jersey State Police, as well as their major crimes unit. When I interned there many, many years ago, I thought it was fascinating all the different uh, government and law enforcement organizations that were coming together there, sharing, gathering and sharing intelligence. That really stemmed after 9-11, that fusion center was built so that they could be cross-sharing information between each other. And that's something that still sticks with me today, uh, trying to break down silos within organizations and get people to cross-share their intelligence with each other. So that's that's how the, the kind of passion started to stem. And then I really just by luck found Cynthia and the Hetherington Group. And since that, it's certainly been long-term career for me. And we've had a lot of growth in our company over the years. So it's been a really fun ride. So going again, back to that, I know that one of the things that fascinates me is how people come from wildly different backgrounds and they can't get, get into OSINT. But there is kind of a push to kind of at least get a, a core competency, right? And I know that you are at one of the forefronts of that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So right now under Hetherington Group's banner is also the Osmosis Association. That association, I think it's, its core mission is to set a standard for open source intelligence across all fields and make sure that you know everybody is following the ethical and legal guidelines that they need to in this space. And that generally there's there's some standards as to how to go about doing certain types of investigations or intelligence gathering. At Hetherington Group, I could say that we teach all of our analysts four fundamental corners of things that they should know that help them to transition into being better analysts. That comes with learning public records, learning social media, learning how to set up online monitoring if they need to do that. And then something that is a bit specialist here is a learning how to kind of clean up your digital footprint and keep yourself more private and safe when you're searching online. Those four things together uh, have set a good baseline for our team. And I'm sure that that those fundamentals will be transitioning into the Osmosis Association as well. And we'll be bringing in people from uh, vendors from all sorts of places to kind of just benchmark with each other and come up with that standard. Do you have any advice for those who want to enter the field right now coming from like where to get their skills, what skills they need to have, what college courses they should take or majors and even where to go look for jobs? Yes, I'll address where to go look for jobs first. So I, I know that there is a great site called OSINT Jobs right now through the Osmosis Association that I mentioned. It's a free membership and there is a job board in there that our members have been using to post jobs. I, I noticed that there, there's definitely a large presence of OSINTers on LinkedIn as well. So I'd say LinkedIn is a great place to connect with anyone from software vendors to companies that are doing what you want to do and look out for job listings there. As far as how to get in and you know what, what you need to know in the process, I, I would look actually first at the job listings to get a sense of what you might want to do. I would read what the job entails on a day-to-day -day basis, and then I would try to find training that is going to be specifically relevant to 
that job function. And then, it, of course, if there's a, a training that has any certification or something, I do it. If it has any practical exercises or hands-on experience involved in the training, I would do that so that I think the important piece is not only to get, you know, the lecture piece of the training, but to also just get in there and start doing it and get real practice in cases. Uh, so those are some qualities that I would look for in in a, a training program. But I think that there's so much different OSINT training right now, but ultimately, if you're going to go after a certain job, that might come with a certain pair of skill sets that you're going to need. So the more focused you could be on getting the training specifically for the job that you want to go get, I think the more likely that you will achieve that. You know, I'd like to add one thing only because I was looking at on Discord on Bellingcat for their Discord and it was amazing. I was looking at the introductions of people that are just coming in and no one, exactly what you've been talking about, had expected to even be interested in it. And then something came up within their work life or their personal life that got them interested. And they were going to their site just so they could learn more. And it was amazing that they're really good about embracing them and bringing them in. And it's, it's out there, I think, talking to other people because we are one big community. And it does make a difference once you can cling on to someone and they can be your mentor and help you along. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's another great piece of advice. I mean, if you do know somebody within the industry, I definitely lean on them and any networking contacts that they have for you to just open up some doors. Never hurts to know somebody. I, I think what, one of the things you just said there, networking is also super important in OSINT because no one can know everything. Can you talk about a little bit about networking in the OSINT groups? Sure. I, I feel like OSINTers absolutely love to network with each other. So there's there's plenty of groups. I mean, just to shout out our own again, uh, the Osmosis Conference happens every year in October. You're not going to get a better group of networking people than that uh, across all industries, whether it's private or public sector, whether you're beginner or advanced. OSINTers are there. Everybody there talks and does OSINT. And so your networking will significantly be enhanced there. Then you can join the association, which again is free. A lot of similar people that go to the conference are already members of that association. So you can network within there. There's boards in there. There's chat rooms and discussions that you can have. And then I'm going to just go back to this LinkedIn point. I absolutely just love LinkedIn for OSINT networking. I feel like I find somebody new that I want to connect with all the time. It, it does not hurt to reach out to those people. Just direct message, just introduce yourself, maybe ask them, you know, where, where you can further network and learn, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve. Uh, there's also plenty of groups that you can be invited to on LinkedIn that are sometimes specialists, like uh, everybody that does financial due diligence or something, there's a group for that. Or there's just general groups for open source intelligence, people that are looking for jobs, people that are looking to network. Uh, I'm sure there's groups out there that exist for all of that. One Another thing I find on LinkedIn is people share and they share, you know, like newsletters and tools and link lists and, you know, what's what's working for them. I think that it's really, really cool how OSINTers generally will, will share their knowledge more than just kind of hide it and keep it or only give it to people who pay for it or whatever. We're, we're just an open bunch. 
I do think so. I agree. And I will say too that if there is somebody in the industry that is hoarding and not sharing and being secretive or non-transparent about how they are doing what they're doing, then I feel like they're almost immediately rejected by the community because it's just not, it's not accepted here. <laughs> and that's why they call it open source. Yes. <laughs> Everything's public. It's just all, and, and it is, we, the OSINT world is an awesome community of sharing and, and staying as a community. Uh, so that definitely is, is a direction that everyone, you know, should look at. And, and there's so many different things of interest. It could be for photos. It could be for geolocations. You have to see what catches your attention and gives you that passion and then move with it mm -hmm. uh, and stay up with it <laughs> because everything changes. What you find now is going to be gone maybe in an hour. <laughs> so embrace it. That's what the community is great for is, is you you all share amongst each other so that you can keep each other up to date. No one can stay up to date if they just sit in their own computer and just like look at their own thing. You you uh, network with everyone. You, sh you share a tool to someone. They're excited about that. They just learned it. They share one with you, one that you hadn't seen. It's pretty, it's very nice. So where are you most active, Rachel, on LinkedIn? Yes, my most active uh, network is certainly LinkedIn. Okay, so people can come go and find you on LinkedIn. How else can they get hold of you if they wanna ask you questions? Yeah, anybody can email me directly as well. Uh, I am glued to my email. So that's just rachel at heatherringtongroup.com. Yes, but you're always very busy. So be cautious when you send her an email because she's got a million things going at work. <laughs> but she's always been very open to people. I know that Oh, I remember seeing like the networking at osmosis when you were doing the table tabletop talks. Yeah, yeah. of course. I, I really enjoy when anyone reaches out to me that I can provide some guidance and, and help in the right direction. Absolutely. So we have a section called last call and that is going to be, we kind of give a shout out to something that's really caught our eye lately and that we're really excited about. So Rachel, we're going to give you the first last call. What, what would you like to shout out? Sure. So as part of my role, I'm always uh, reviewing new potential tools or databases, software vendors uh, that we could bring on here at Heather Ancient Group. We, we have a bunch of them. We're very spoiled. Uh, we, we use a lot of the providers that many of you have probably heard of today for anything from social media monitoring to dark web to public records. We really have a lot here, but I'm always looking for ways to improve and uh, uh, new vendors to get and definitely uh, lately have really been enjoying my conversations with Moody's Analytics. I was extremely impressed with their Orbis platform and their grid platform. Orbis addresses international companies. It, it put a poll, a very deep report on them to identify beneficial ownership and corporate structures, as well as some financial information, some things that are kind of hard to, to get out of, out of certain countries or through any of the U.S.-focused databases. And then GRID is all focused on sanctions uh, and regulatory watch lists. Uh, so they're pulling in hundreds. You know, I know that they're available on the open source, but there's some that aren't, and they're pulling in uh, quite a lot of those. And I, I thought it was impressive that they, you could so easily do a search not only for 
singular individual, but also for anyone that touches the entity. And it'll do a related search where it'll say, well, one person's not a sanctioned entity, but they're connected by two hops to another person that is a sanctioned entity. And I, I think that that was really cool because, and it's important going into next year as in compliance, you know, there, there's a need at a very basic level to check an entity for sanctions, you know, and not even for compliance, but just people should be doing this in general. You should always, if you're doing due diligence on an entity, one of the first things you should check is their sanctions and making sure they don't hit some horrible watch list. And uh, that's getting more complicated as entities are getting smarter and, uh, intentionally moving people around in their companies or separating them out from the being so publicly affiliated with the company so that when you go to do a sanction search, you, you don't realize that that the entity is uh, affiliated with something that they shouldn't be, right? Like they're, they're getting smarter. So therefore, you know, we, we need to be smarter in our searches and I don't think it's enough to just do a simple search on the company or the main principal anymore. So that caught my attention lately. Cynthia. I'm going to go totally off as we've done today than we normally do. I know that this is not going to be released till probably the first of next year because we're getting so close to Christmas. But I want to remind everyone that a lot of the work that we do is stressful and we can get caught up into it and it can affect us. So we need to watch out for each other and to be kind and to be aware of what maybe some of our associates may be going through and be there for them. So all I'm saying is just be kind and be more cognizant of what your, your OSINT community friends are going through and be there for them. that. And then one little thing, which is because, and I always mention it, which is osmosis at the end, October 20. 20th and 22nd, 2024, we will be in Las Vegas at the, where are we going? Uh, we are going to Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, not Cafe, Hard, Hard Rock Hotel. It's going to be very exciting. We've got, we're working hard on it now and just make sure that you sign up as soon as possible. I see you there getting all excited. <laughs> Rachel, what do you want to say about that, if anything, real quick? Oh, I will highlight it is an anniversary year. It's the 10th year for the for the conference. So we're going to have lots of extra special things there. And it's in Vegas. So can't beat that. Yeah, I will agree with that. All right. And so for, for my last call, I just want to bring up Miro.com. This is a, a collaborative, like online collaborative tool that you can build visualizations, for example, for yourself and or even to share with clients. And so we're going to start using it in our for our clients individually because you can set up like little different client toolbar. Really cool, like lots of opportunities for it. And there's free version. So if anyone wants to use it for free, that the free version, you keep the private stuff to yourself. You can't like make it private to you and the client. If you make something public, it's public for everyone on the world, you know. So uh again, I think it's really interesting. And if somebody wants to, for example, even make one of those public to everybody kind of ones that you can share your findings before you publish something, that would be really, I think, interesting and valuable. How do you spell that? M-I-R-O dot com. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. 
I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Visualizations really are, are quite impactful beyond just a, a lengthy report. If you could show that in a, a single visual uh, that speaks volumes. It, there are so many templates and you can make up your own if you want as well. Like there's a lot of different parts to it. And I'm pretty excited to, to try and get some of our workflows through it with our clients. So, okay. Awesome. I think that's it for today. So thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks for coming and talking with us. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Okay. Thank you. And don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast app. Also, please share so that we can continue sharing this podcast with you. <laughs>